0: Good morning and welcome to the hills. My name is Keegan Livers and I'm the children's minister here at Lincoln Hills Christian Church Uh, We just want to say thank you for joining us for worship service even though it's a little bit different than normal We just want to thank you for streaming this on your device or watching it on your television at home And we just pray this morning that God will use it to uh, stir your hearts for Jesus and maybe even to encounter him for the first time so uh Right now, we're in the middle of a whirlwind, right? The last month has been crazy. We're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic and a lot of social distancing and really social fallout, right, like we're not, uh, our kids aren't at school. A lot of us are working from home. It's just a crazy time and it's all we're talking about. But kids aren't worried about coronavirus like we are. As adults, I know that we've all been watching the news 24-7, 24-7, right? Like, we've all been refreshing our phone apps, and as soon as a new article comes out that says it's even worse than we thought, we race to send it to our group texts, like we're the scientists that did that research and are working to solve it. We want to discuss it, we want to problem solve, and we want to stress about it and make a big deal about it. But kids are not worried about coronavirus. So uh, I coach cross-country and track and field over at Cordon Central, and kids aren't in school right now and we don't get to have track practice so we haven't got to see our athletes and they haven't got to see us or their teammates so uh, last week I was a part of a group FaceTime with about eight of our junior high track kids Uh, and this was Marcy's idea because we thought like these kids are down right now they don't get to see each other they don't get to see us they're in the middle of this pandemic fallout and we just need to try and get in there and lift their spirits right because they're going to be down So I jump in the group chat and this is what I see. I see uh, kids flashing lights, bass is bumping. He's got his headphones on. Like this to me does not look like someone who's worried about a global pandemic. And why is that? Kids walk around confident as normal during a pandemic because they have parents at home that they know will protect and provide for them. So they don't have to worry about coronavirus. It's not on their radar. They're totally reliant and confident in their parents. And this is how we're called to be as disciples of Jesus. We're called to be totally reliant on God and trusting in him to provide for us and protect us. And Jesus is impressed with childlike faith. In Matthew 18 verses 2 through 4, it says, calling to him a child. He put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we're called to become like children and humble ourselves. How many of you know someone who can never admit that they're wrong? No matter what they're doing, they're not humble they can be doing something wrong, and if you try and help them, they say, whoa, whoa, back off, back off, I got this, I got this, and you're just like, grandpa, it's the, you can't get on Facebook on your TV remote, I just want to, but you can't help him, right? We all know somebody like that. If you don't know somebody like that, then you're probably that person, but a child, a child is not like this. Have you ever been helping a two-year-old like Put on their jacket and they start putting their legs through the sleeves, and you're like, No, 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 bro, you gotta the arms, put the arms through it like that, and they're like, Oh, okay, cool, thanks. And they just put their arms in their sleeves from then on, right? They're not proud, they're humble, and they're accepting when you help them. And Jesus says, Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And this passage, when I read it, I immediately think of Genesis two and three. Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. They're walking with God. God has given them the tree of life as a gift so that they can faithfully be with him for eternity. But instead, they take it upon themselves to decide right from wrong in the path that they're gonna take. And they ate from the tree of knowing good and bad because they didn't trust in their father's judgment. They did not have childlike faith. They wanted to be adults. They wanted to put their grown-up pants on and choose for themselves how they were going to live. And this put humanity on a brand new course, a course towards death and destruction. And I can relate to this a little bit. When I was four or five, uh, for some reason, I struck a wild hair and I thought I was ready to go live on my own. I told my parents that I was moving out. Uh, you can look at me here. This. This is someone ready for the real world, right? I told my parents I was out, I was leaving. Um, I don't have to tell you what a disaster it would have been for four-year-old Keegan Livers to be out in the real world trying to figure things out that 22-year-old Keegan Livers still can't figure out. Um, I just wanted to choose a way of living for myself. I didn't have a plan, I was not wise, I just wanted to be a grown-up. I wanted to take charge of my own life and control my path. But the Bible shows us over and over that this path leads to destruction. This way of thinking leads to death. So this is the conflict that we have as humans. We have this desire to be free, to pick and choose, to do what we want, and to seize our dreams. This kind of like Hollywood, Dallas Cowboys, Ford truck kind of mentality that takes what it wants. But that's not how we're called to live. And don't get mad. I'm a patriot. I drive a Ford. I love football, but we aren't called to just take what we want. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus says, "'Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened.'" Or, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So Jesus, again here, compares us to children. And instead of us having to go and chase and hunt, Jesus says no. Just stop and just ask me. Stop chasing, stop hunting. Just ask me. He says, turn and become like a child. Humble yourself and ask me. Because how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And this makes me think of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. The author says, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So let me ask you this, how do children approach their parents when they're hurt? As a young child, I was a bit of a butterball, food was my thing, right? So. Um, When I was little, I would sneak food into my room. My parents had told me that they would just find Pop-Tarts and bologna sandwiches stashed away. Um, So that was kind of my thing. And one day, uh, I was home with my mom. My brother and sister were at school. My dad was at work. It was just me and my mom. My mom goes outside to check the mail, and I seize my opportunity, right? She goes outside. I run to the kitchen. I open the fridge, and I grab a tub of Cool Whip and just start going after it, right, just enjoying life. So I take the Cool Whip, I go into the living room to look out the front windows to see how much time I have left. And as I look out the windows, I don't see my mom, and I hear the back door close. So I take off to run away, and I fall, and I hit my head. Hurt really bad. And what do you think I did? How do you think I let my mom know that I was hurt? Did I, did I talk circles and say things that I think I was supposed to say? Uh, things like, if you help me, I promise I'll never be bad again? No. No. When I fell, I cried out to my mom. Even though I was in the middle of sin, I cried out with boldness. Like Hebrew says, approach the throne of grace with boldness in our time of need. I didn't try to reason with logic about why I deserved to be helped or how I could repay my mom if she helped me. I cried out boldly and confidently because I knew that I'd be heard. I knew that I would be helped even though I was in the middle of sin. I didn't hide from my mom. Approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, God, I'm not going to try to earn this grace. I'm not going to be scared to come to you just because I've messed up. I will approach the throne of grace with boldness like a child. Even in the mess, you don't have to hide your sin from God. That's why he sent Jesus here to die for you. It's not like Jesus sees your screw-up and is like, well, I mean, Gary just cheated on his timesheet at work, so just really rethinking this whole grace thing. That's not how it works, right? God knew what he was buying in the death of Jesus on the cross. We approach God boldly because he loves us that much. Ask, and it will be given. Humble yourself. Become like a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, it says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So let's spend a minute here. Uh, As Christians... We are disciples of Jesus, right? We have accepted Jesus. And when we receive Jesus, we receive the kingdom of God. But Jesus here says, if we don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, we don't receive it at all. So, so picture what's going on here in Mark's gospel. Jesus is surrounded by little children, right? And he points and he says, if you don't humble yourself like these children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Children are humble. They have no pride. They weren't too proud to come to Jesus. They saw him as a savior. And Jesus says, if you don't see me the way that they do, you don't really see me. We're called to come to Jesus with childlike faith. Childlike faith looks for salvation outside of itself. The same way a three-year-old doesn't stress about where the groceries are going to come from. They just say, daddy, I'm hungry. We're called to approach Jesus like this. The child doesn't wonder where the groceries are coming from because they trust their parents to provide. They look outside of themselves for help. This is childlike faith, and childlike faith is true faith. And the author of Hebrews talks about faith in chapter 11. They said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the one who draws near to him believes that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And about this specific verse in Hebrews, Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, Without faith, we are without Christ, and consequently without a Savior. It would be infinitely better to be without eyes, without hearing, without wealth, without bread, without garments, and without a home, rather than to be without the faith that brings everything the soul requires. Without faith, we are spiritually naked, poor, miserable, lost, condemned, and without the hope Of escape. But good thing there is hope, and that hope's name is Jesus Christ. And walking with him and trusting in him and loving him is the childlike faith that brings everything the soul needs. So this morning, the last thing I want to talk about, I want to close my time with you in the Psalms chapter 91. So uh, if you're watching this right now, I just encourage you to open your Bible to Psalm chapter 91, and I'm going to read this for you this morning. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust, he will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers, you will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, my refuge the Most High, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has his heart set on me. I will deliver him, I will protect him because he knows my name, when he calls out to me I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble, I will rescue him and give him honor, I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. So what if you, let me ask you this, what if you could take a test and you learned that you were totally immune to coronavirus, right? Can't contract it, can't get it, can't spread it or carry it, you're just totally immune, right? While the rest of the world is upside down and burning, either in hospitals or hold away in their houses, you could walk the streets freely without a worry of catching the plague. This is how children are acting right now. Children are not fretting the way that we are. And verses three through eight again, he will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers and you will take refuge under his wings. It says the plague that stalks in darkness Will not reach you. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, you're safe. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. This is living with childlike faith, walking the streets not in fear, not in fear of death, not in fear of sin, because Jesus has freed us from that. And verses 14 through 16, father to child says, because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Just imagine Jesus reading that to you this morning. Jesus is impressed with childlike faith and Jesus, as we see here, is the cure for death. So as we look forward, hopefully, to a cure of coronavirus, we can hold fast to the truth that Jesus is a cure that's already here and Jesus is the cure for death. And Jesus wants us to accept that cure and share it with the world. So let's turn and humble ourselves. Let's look outside of ourselves for salvation and become like a child in our faith and boldly approach the throne of our Father in heaven because God loves us and he wants us to be his children. I'm going to pray for us and then we will close out the service. Father, uh, we just come to you this morning open-hearted and with our arms wide open, God. Uh, We just, we love you, and we thank you so much for Jesus. God, I just pray that all of our church family and people that aren't a part of our church family hear this this morning, and you would just stir their hearts for you, God. I just pray that you would continue to use us to win souls for the kingdom, and I pray that you would embolden our church family this week to become children in their faith, God, and to rely on you and not their own strength. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his wonderful, beautiful name we pray. Amen.